Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, all. It is, we're deep in the heart of summer. We're getting closer to the Major League Baseball trade deadline which always excites me and Russ because we're baseball fans as well as hockey fans. I don't know if it excites me. I mean, I just wrote an article on Sportsology about the Mets and their failure to lock up their young pitching, and now Jacob DeGrom's sort of on the block. I- I'm not excited about that prospect at all. Well, I, I and I included in my uh, my Sunday musings column about the Blue Jays, you know, since most Lee fans are Blue Jays fans, and how, I mean, really the Blue Jays should follow – what the what the Leafs did a couple years ago and just blow up everything. You know, the the Leafs traded guys in their prime. They traded Kessel. They traded Fanuf. The Blue Jays should trade. You know, Marcus Stroman, yeah. Donaldson. You know, burn it down to the woods. But here's, but, but here's here's the thing though. Some sports you could burn it down to the woods and get away with that. I don't think you could do that in baseball anymore. I don't well, think baseball works that way. It depends if it depends if you have commodities that teams want so badly that they'll give up premium prospects for. Yeah, but the thing is, even even if I go with the prospect angle, baseball's prospects are probably the hardest to figure out of any sport. And just use the Tampa Bay Rays as an example. They had a pick for in the top ten for like what a decade until they got good. Yeah. And that was because they didn't spend money. There is a combination of doing it, and I'm not in favor of baseball teams taking it down to rebuilding. Just look at the Phillies. They're probably five more years away, and they did that, and they thought they'd be further along, and they're not. Well, I mean, with the Phil- – okay, and we'll just go on with this for a second. Then I got a little U2 rant here. Um, for a team like the Phillies, I mean, there should be no doubt that they would trade their lone all-star guy in Pat Neshek. They should trade him because they're not going to be a contender for four or five years. So why not trade a relief pitcher? The, the justification- well, I'm, saying I'm against trade Neshek, but when they traded Giles, as an example, a guy who throws 100 miles an hour who could be on a World Series winning team this year for Houston, yeah. he was young. Did they have to trade him? Well, uh, it, de- it depends. And this is, this is what's going on in Toronto right now. Um, a guy like Marcus Stroman, I'm not sure how many years, more years he's under control, but he's not being paid a ton right now. But it's a question of what they're going to have to pay him when his contract comes up and whether the organization is willing to do that. They have Aaron Sanchez as well, another young pitcher. I mean, the guy, it's not a big decision for the Blue Jays who are, you know, six or seven games under 500 to trade Jose Bautista or Marco Estrada or some of these older guys because they're making big money, they're short term on their contracts. They're not very good anymore, so right. you know, get as much as you can for them. But you're not going to get a big return unless you trade somebody who is controllable and young enough. And that's you know Donaldson for a year and and Stroman and their closer Roberto Osuna. If you do that, you get value back. I mean, just like you know, Chris Sale is under control for Boston for a couple of years. Chicago traded him. They got one of the best prospects in baseball in Yon Moncada. So they are. Why yeah, not? Why Chicago right now? Like you know, if Chicago, they're, re- they're rebuilding. I know, I know, and but that's the thing. 
like I'm saying, the term rebuilding in baseball is a tough term to take because it's it's a different sport than the others, especially with no salary cap. You risk the you risk the possibility of saying you're rebuilding and being like the Pittsburgh Pirates and not and disappearing for 15 years. If you right. don't if you don't get the right prospects and they yep. don't pan out, you're right. But I think it's still a better and, way. And let's be honest, more teams go down that route of being bad for 10 years or so than get it right. Right, but it's still but it's still better than just hovering in mediocrity and never doing anything. There's there's methods to contend. One of them is spending a lot of money. Another one is tearing it down and rebuilding. You just have to have the right scouts, the right general manager making the right decisions and get the right players and hope they stay healthy. It's a lot of hope. It's a lot of, yeah, you that's, know. Yeah, that's pretty. It sounds easy. You're right. It's not easy, but it's, but but it's pre it's preferable than friggin' just you know being a team that's seventy and ninety two every year. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know. So anyway, um, I just wanted to touch on touch on this. Uh, um, I love going to concerts, um, but concerts, I'm sure, as everybody know out there, are getting ridiculous in terms of the price tag. Um, especially big bands who can demand it. I mean, the Rolling Stones, obviously. I wouldn't want to go see the geriatrics on stage. You know, I, I don't need to see octogenarians jumping around and seeing Jumpin' Jack Flash. But U2 is a band that I've liked for, for a number of years. But when they've played in Buffalo, especially, they've played the Key Bank Center, the, the Sabres Arena, which has about 20,000 seats, a little less than that. And the tickets, all of them, have been 150 to 200 bucks, which is obscene. Right. Now, this summer, in early September, they're playing con like outdoor concert venues, football stadiums. They're playing where the Bills play, New Era Field. Yeah. I'm going. I've, I've never seen you 2 live. I'm going. And the only reason I'm going is because tickets in the upper deck are $35. And now I'm going to be still basically – going to be three miles away. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be basically like – you know the game. The you know the stadiums in Orchard Park. I'm basically going to be in downtown Buffalo watching it. But yeah. at least there's a, at least there's a big screen. At least I can say I've seen you too in binoculars. You're going to be waiting for like the edge to break with our off tackle run up the middle. You're waiting for that play to develop until you can actually see him. He's going to kick a kick a field goal and then do the the guitar solo for Bullet the Blue Sky. So <laughs> no, I it's I mean it, you know I mean not for big screens, but for thirty five bucks, yeah, you're yeah, gonna. And, and I can imagine it's going to be like an echo chamber, but apparently they're from what I've heard from other people who have seen them uh, in other venues in other cities. The, the 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 sound system that they have for big concert venues is really good. So even though they're going to be this big. I'm, you know, I, I will be able to enjoy it just for the spectacle of it. But that's fine. Yeah, whatever. But anyway, let's uh, let's get the show started. Oh, I mean, so that week, that 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 week, you don't buy wings. I get it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's a couple orders of wings, thirty-five. Well, hey, if you go to the Anchor Bar, it is because they they milk you. Um, and my video started locking up there. Was it was it slow there? No, no, you're fine. Okay, here we go. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, July 18th, 2017. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Um, as it usually happens, we have breaking news just around e either the end of the show or the beginning of the yeah. show. And there's been a lot of chat. Is that on purpose because we're the only show on so they uh, yeah they, they're, they're doing, out there trying to screw us is that they're, they're doing us favors they're giving us content here thank you guys um but 
Uh, Slava Melamud, who's a reporter out of Russia, who you know is pretty accurate when it comes to yeah, he's a pretty uh, good reporter. He pretty is. good reporter. And there was something cryptic that he sent out uh, earlier this morning, and I'm struggling, of course, here to pull it up. But basically, what he said was that Russian players, Russian NHL players, have been telling him that the league has an alternate schedule that includes an Olympic break. So the which league? The NHL, that the and, uh, well, we we had the schedule. It's not in there. Right, right. But he's saying is they have a double secret schedule that in case, and, and this is this is the thing that drives me crazy. Gary Bettman has said we're not going to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. If all of a sudden there's a turnaround and we and, and and the NHL is going to the Olympics, I for one will be really perturbed. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of fans will be perturbed because obviously there's a schedule set up, there is games on certain days, and all of a sudden you're going to say, okay, that game, that Buffalo versus Toronto game on February 18th, and I'm just making up a date and making up two teams, but all of a sudden that's going to be moved to November because we have to accommodate this Olympic break. That sure, you, you yeah. get mad if it's 70 and overcast one day in the summer, like you do. But here's the thing. I'm going to give you the other side of it. What if, and I don't know the odds of this or the chance of this, but what if this is now the PA sort of going back to the NHL saying we won't back out of our agreement and we there won't be a risk of a lockout if you allow this. There, and that would be a lot for the NHL to, to turn down then, right? Then all of a sudden the owners might be like, all right, you know what? We didn't really want to do this, but – if they're going to guarantee us that, which is what, 2020, they're going yeah. to guarantee us in 2020 they're not going to opt out, that's worth it to us. Yeah, right. That would be well, worth it to them. That would be worth it to the owners, but the, yeah. PA, the PA has said they're not doing that. They're not giving yeah, them anything. They said that, but maybe right. there's, if, been, there's if, been a lot of discussion in the PA for the last couple of weeks. We know this. If the owners are getting something out of it, okay. But from what I'm, what you know, they, they're not get, they didn't get any concessions for the IOC, right? And 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 they're not getting any concessions for the NHL from the NHLPA. Any no, kind it's of, gonna have to come from the players now, right? Now this is this is the report from Slava, uh, according to Sports Express writer Alexei Sevchenko. Mm-hmm. Russian NHLers have told him the league has a backup schedule with an Olympic break. So that's 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 one report. Uh, Elliot Friedman reported this morning that um, from the NHL side, there is still some question about which players are going to be allowed to go. Now this is under the assumption that NHLers are not going. And Friedman reported that AHL players on AHL only contracts would be allowed. Right, but which is what we figured. Well, no, we didn't figure that. We weren't sure how the AHL was going to fall on this. Right. Um, there's, there's, what he's saying is, and, and it's, it hasn't been clarified yet, but players that are on NHL two-way contracts, meaning they can be called up, yeah. they cannot go. I mean, right. right now that's what they're saying. It's only players who are signed to AHL contracts playing in the East Coast League or the AHL that will be allowed the freedom to go. To okay, play. here's the thing. There, I don't want to disparage Elliot's report, but we haven't seen one Russian player sign that deal yet. And until a Russian player signs a deal like that, to me, it's not going to happen. Like well, that's I, an indicator, right? If you were a Russian player that had a choice to go in the KHL 
or come over and start your NHL career but has to go to the AHL, the only reason you might do that is because you have a guaranteed spot on an Olympic team. But we haven't seen one guy do that yet. No, but I think this is more focused towards Canadians and the American players. Yeah, I disagree. I think it might be in the beginning process of it. But if you think about it, if you're a guy in the middle, if you're a Russian player or – I mean, it would make sense that you go to the AHL and you just gut it out for a year if part of that year means you have a spot on the Olympics. So yeah. when that happens, when I see a Russian player jump, then I'll think Elliot's right. Otherwise, I think it's just talk. Right. I mean, free, this is this is what he said. It says, NHL GMs were under the impression that players on two-way contracts would not be allowed to go, although we're waiting a final ruling. So nothing has been etched in stone. No, and, no. and that's a, that's the thing – that's the thing that's perturbing here is, is, you know, make a decision and stick with it. You know, honestly, once the schedule, once um, early October, uh, once it's early October and the season begins in principle, you can't change the schedule then. You cannot right. do it. So the, basically well, once they, they have, start selling tickets, you really can't do it. Well, they've already and, done that. That's, that's the thing. They've already done it. They've already sent no. out the schedule and season tickets. But only for season ticket holders. They haven't sold to the public yet, right? No, but they don't do that until, until September. But. That's, when, that's the drop dead date then. When yeah. they sell tickets to the public because they're the ones that you can't sort of change that at the last minute. I mean, honestly, I, I'm you know, I've never been like really pro-Olympics in terms of you know, I mean, I get it, and but I, I don't like the two-week break in the middle of the season and all this stuff about do they go to South Korea, do they not go to South Korea. Okay, they've made the decision. I, I, I like, now I'm like, I, I don't want to see it. I don't care. Like, I'll watch it as, like, like the World Junior, as the NHL is going along, I'll watch the World Junior as a secondary thing. I don't want the NHL to stop. I don't want them to take a two-week vacation. I don't want them to go to the Olympics. I'm sick and tired of it. It's it is this cat and mouse game is 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 annoying. And if they go right, back, so here's the best names I've got for NHL one-way contracts: Jake Dotchin, uh, Pyarvi for St. Louis. Well, Dotchin's not on a he's not on an NHL deal. He's a two-way. No, it says it says one way here. Okay, so two-year one-way contract. Yeah, so he can't he can't go. You just said a one-way can go. No, an AHL only. Oh, so it's AHL. I'm sorry. I, no, no, it's it, any like anything yeah, that yeah, has yeah. anything that has an NHL option, they can't go. Right, right, right. So we're talking we're we're talking like uh, if we're talking about the Toronto Marlies, we're talking about Jean Dupuis. Yeah, yeah. Or, or we're talking about Michael Paoletta. We're not talking Caspery Kapanen or Travis Dermott or any of their major prospects or Timothy Liljegren. We're not talking about any of those guys. Right, right. Well, not yet for Liljegren. He could do that kind of contract, though. No, no, he's he's already signed an entry. Oh, no, he already signed his ELC. It's too late for him. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So no, it's that's what I'm saying. These, you know, you've got all these players locked up. They're all locked up on two way or one way deals. They. All right, I got a list now. Hold on, I got a better list. Okay. Here, here are some of the players. Uh, from Bakersfield, there's nobody like Zach right. O'Brien, Chad Butcher. I'm, right. I'm, I'm looking. I'm just scanning through. Chicago, Tyler Wong. Uh, yeah, it's 
There's nothing to choose. There's not, there's, there's not much there. Basically what this is is if you – know, and I'm still going on the assumption that NHL players are not going, that most of the Canadian and American roster is going to be made up of Americans and Canadians playing in Europe like the Spangler Cup. You know, the, you know, Americans in the KHL, Americans yeah. in Sweden, Americans in Switzerland, et cetera. You know, I don't know whether but whether college players will be allowed to go. You know, college players are property of NHL teams. They're drafted. Yeah, but they're not for that season. So I'm assuming college players can go. Yeah, but do you think that Boston U is going to let – you know, is gonna or Boston College is gonna let Joseph Wall or or uh, or uh, Jake Tatora? They're gonna allow those guys to go and play. In I don't the think they have a choice. They're not really under their control for this season. So, like, yeah, but they would be. Like, they would be like, like Boston. They work with U.S. hockey, U.S.A. hockey all the time. Right. So I don't think they're gonna say no. I don't. But they would be leaving. I mean, I'm not sure when the frozen. Four I know. When when did the when did the playoff the uh, the NCAA the regionals start the regionals they start in in March don't they yeah yeah so okay so it would at least be before yeah. the playoffs start they'd be it would be but they're not going to just leave and fly to South Korea it would be a month long you know training camp type of getting things in order situation oh they probably wouldn't have much of a training camp that's the thing right they would have to you know that's where they would sort of get hurt and they get the players. But they wouldn't get them to some sort of camp. The camp would have to be like now in the off season. Like they'd have to have the camp before their 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 season starts. You know what I mean? Which they could do. Yeah, I, I let's just say, and yeah, it's be, usually it's it, it's late March, so it it is doable. Yeah, there'll there'll be more news coming out on this, but just put me in the column of. I don't want the. I don't want them to go to the Olympics. I'm. am sick and tired of the Olympic discussion. We'll talk about the Olympics when they go to China in 2022. If they go to the Olympics in 2018, I'm. You know, I'll watch obviously because I cover hockey and I have to. But I'll be perturbed because I think this is a mistake. You'd be perturbed anyhow. Like what's the? Oh, difference? that's crap. That's a bunch of crap. You would. You'd be like, oh, Olympic hockey's not NHL. Come on, I you know you would. <laughs> okay, moving on here. <laughs> Um, some interesting notes regarding uh, salary arbitration. A couple names that are rather, you know, prominent: uh, Thomas Tatar from the Detroit Red Wings, Colton Pareko from the St. Louis Blues. Tatar is a pretty straightforward one. It's a one-year, you know, one-year deal. Um, Russ, this is a guy who scored 19 goals once and then three 20-plus goal years with Detroit. Detroit is offering him in arbitration on a one-year deal, 4.1. Tatar is asking for 5.3. Usually these things end up in the middle. Yeah, he'll get like 4.7 or something. Yeah, and though, I mean, they, they, I, I, usually these guys, you know, these situations do not go to the actual arbitration. They settle it before they start throwing insults at each this other. This one might, though. This one might because we've seen quotes where Tatar basically said, this is the last year I'll be in Detroit, clearly. And so, like, he can't get his feelings hurt at that point. And so he may not want to negotiate with the team and may let it ride based on the fact that he knows he ain't coming back. Yeah, and he's 26 years old, and this is a team that's starving for goal scoring. So, you know, and they do have cap room, so this is strictly a, a money play here. Yes. But, uh, I mean, if I, if I look at his record – 
I, I'm opting, and usually I'm a pro team uh, person, but in this situation with a guy who scored, you know, 21, 23, 29 goals, I'm giving him five million. I, I think he deserves yeah. it. Yeah, I think he's going to get that, and I think for whatever reason, the Red Wings maybe just based on the fact that they know there's no long-term future here, um, that they're not going to they're not going to care that much, and they're just going to try and get the best deal they can. Now uh, with Pareko, I mean. The thought was, going into this year, they've traded Shattenkirk, uh, that they would extend Pareko and probably try to get him on that seven, eight-year deal, lock him up. But maybe the contract of guy, somebody like you know, Yaka, like Jacob Slavin, um, mm-hmm. make 5-3, and then the money of certain players in free agency has scared St. Louis off in the sense that they want to – you know, maybe get a couple years where he's below market value and then give him the big money. What, what the report is regarding um, um, arbitration is that St. Louis wants two years on Pareko and they're offering him in the mid $3 million range. Pareko wants one year at $4.85 million. And he had a great year last year. Um, and, and they, they want to make sure he has a couple more before they go deep. Like, this is part of what I'm talking about. Like, everybody says, well, you just you sign them up and you gobble up those years. And it's like, you know what? Not all teams want to do that. Well, Once you've got a couple of guys on, on the roster that are in that boat, then you do have to slow down the other guys and make sure you have what you have. I think it's fair. Well, and, and, and this is the thing. I mean, we knew that they weren't going to pay Shattenkirk. Right. They have they have Tarasenko locked up on a long term deal. They've got Bo Meester and they've got Peter Angelo locked up on long term deals. They signed Jaden Jaden Schwartz to a long term deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it might be at the point where they don't want to lock up another player on a long term deal. They don't want to tie up all that money for five or six or seven years. Yeah, I mean, how many years does Bo Meester have left? I think it's three. Let me just double check. But I think it's yeah. I think it's like three years. And if it's you know, and so I mean, in two years when this deal is done, then they'll lock him up and maybe trade Jay Bowmeister. Yeah, but you'll get you'll get nothing for him because no, they don't care. They just Bowmeister. Okay, Bowmeister has two. Yeah, Peter Angelo has three. So that's the perfect example right there. Basically, they're waiting for Bowmeisters to expire. So they can give Pareko his money. That makes now, sense. That's smart. Now, now Pareko is coming off the entry level deal, which right. means he's got four years until he hits unrestricted free agency. Right. That's so in two right. years, you go back to the drawing board. Jay Bowmeister isn't there. He gets his contract. It's best, simple. Best case best case scenario for St. Louis is to sign Pareko to a three year deal and have another year before you know, he'd be an arbitrary. Yeah. He won't do that though. No. The player won't. No. Well, I mean, in, in one in one instance, it's because they know that Bowmeister's coming off the books. They're going to want the money in two years. They will. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, it would be advantageous to the player in one respect. I think he'd probably get a little more money on a three-year deal that deal than a two-year deal. Um, he would be an RFA arbitration eligible in three years, but you know, I mean, yeah, I think it's more advantageous to the team at that point. And I think if you're the player and you're the agent, you're looking at that and saying, when Bo Meester's up, we want that salary slotted to our guy. If you wait another year after Bo Meester, they may sign somebody else, and then you lose your opportunity. And then you hold out and you get traded. 
Right. I mean, I'm just saying, right? I mean, that's that's the shell game. So I think you go two years, and then when Bo Meester's done, as long as you've played the way Colton Pareko's been playing, no reason to think he won't, fair deal. Um, now, just to put a capper on the Ilya Kovalchuk uh, situation, which oh. was you – know, yeah, the guy who stayed in Russia. Oh, that guy. The guy who they everybody thought he was coming over. Well, um, apparently we – never – look, it's funny. I kept getting information. We were never sure. But I would say I probably brought up more times than I brought up he's coming that I think he was just bargaining against himself to get more money over there. And so we weren't shocked when he stayed. Like I was completely non-shocked. And he didn't get much money according to a report um, – that uh, I mean, he, he apparently will get 200 million rubles uh, okay. from SKA St. Petersburg, which which converts over to dollars as 3.38 million. So he's not. I, I mean, that's but, but 3.83 tax free is like getting five million in the NHL. It is right, which is what you which is what he was shooting for. He was shooting for right, and you know. Or nobody that he didn't want to go. Like, he, he made his market very small. He would only go to certain teams. Those teams didn't want him. That's right. what it boiled down to. And now the question is, did those teams not want him because they would have to give up compensation to New Jersey? Yes. Or was it the fact that they, they didn't want to pay the money? It was, it was a combination. We might pay the money if we don't have to lose anything. Now that we're losing something, we don't want to pay you that kind of money. And – because assets cost you money, right? I mean, you lose a player, that is costing you probably a couple million in your pocket for player development and everything else that you've done, and now you're giving that player up. See, I think the chilling effect on him is the fact for next year is the fact he's going to be 35. So it's, it's a 30 no chilling effect. Come on. You know what the chilling effect is? He'll have to go to Starbucks in Russia instead of going to Starbucks in New no, York. No, 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 no. For, ne for next year. For next year. Oh, yeah. I really got to feel bad for him if he comes over. And has I don't to care. I'm not, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about teams. I'm talking about teams will be leery of signing him as a 35-year-old because the no, – they'll sign him to a one- or two-year deal. That's, they, that's all they'll I, do. I, I, I don't know if they'll do that. I'm saying no, because they, – they, they, If the price is right, they, they definitely would. But he won't. But he won't get as much money as he might have yeah. as a thirty-four-year-old because the risk was less. But does he need money? No. I mean, no. I'll I'll but take it really matter. Yeah. He's just another rich guy. Move on. <laughs> okay. Um, we're we're gonna do an abbreviated show today, but we wanted to touch on this because I thought it was a good subject to talk about. Um, we look at the twenty seventeen draft, and other than maybe the top two or three picks. The, the expectation is that most of these players are not going to be in the NHL right. this upcoming season. It's a develop, it's a draft with with a lot of quality, but I think mostly it's going to be players that need another year in junior, or need another year in Europe, yep. and you know maybe one, maybe two guys will, will make the NHL. That yeah, being said, even even like four guys, if four guys make it, yeah. that that may be the max amount. Right. That be that being said. If you like, and we're gonna do like top five guys, 
Uh, yeah. who, we'll just do five. We won't put them in ranking order. We're just going to name. Right, right, right. No, not not in any particular order. But I but I concentrated on guys who I thought from the 2015 and 2016 drafts who I think who qualify as rookies who would be the leading candidates for for the Calder. And some of them are like the, on my list. Some of them, it's not 100 percent sure they're going to make the NHL. But I think if they do with the particular teams that they are playing with, they could really light it up and be a contender for the Calder. So why don't we just alternate? I'll go one, you go one. Okay. okay. And if we match, then we do need to say, hey, it's a match. Okay. Um, all right. I, I'll start with uh, Alex Debrinkhead of the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. I don't have Debrinkhead on my list. I'll go with uh, Brock Besser. Okay. I had Besser on my list. but here, Here's what I like about Besser. If It's a good thing he's a hockey player. I thought his, his throwing style for baseball was pretty good. But he, to me, he looked like a second or a third baseman. For hockey, he's much better off. And he could come in and, and get 55 points, and I wouldn't be shocked because he's going to have opportunity. That's a team that is going to be looking for a spark in training camp. He might just be that spark. I mean, I've heard speculation that he might play on the right wing with the, with the Sedins. And then he might get 60 points. Yeah, and if he does that, then I, he, he could really contend. Now, Debrinkat with – with the Hosa, you know, basically in limbo, you know, the, the Brandon sod, they bring in, you know, who probably will play with Jonathan Taves. Very good chance that to could play with Patrick Kane. He yeah. Could, there is a good chance of that. If that happens, <laughs> yeah. he'll get some points. He could be, he could be the guy that replaces Panarin on that yeah. line. Yeah. He could get a lot of points, but there's more of a leap of faith that he will be on that line with Kane than Panarin was going to be right. based yeah. on, the money they spent on Panarin, they had to sort of try that out. It worked. They may not be as willing to try that out with the brink kit right off the bat. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, number uh, The second guy on my list um, is Pierre-Luc Dubois of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, I the thought only about thing, him. I did. What's that? I said I thought about him. He didn't make my list, but he's like the next one. He'd be like the sixth guy. Yeah, the only thing I'm a little hesitant about is, you know, we were to – Playing for John Tortorella, I think it might keep keep his offensive numbers down, but I think he'll get opportunities. Um, uh, you know, it's unsure whether he'll he'll play center or play wing. He played center in yep. in junior, um, but he's got a lot of talent, and he was you know, I mean, number number three overall in 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 the in the uh, draft in, in twenty sixteen. So I think he's a quality player. So I think he, I think just by being that high quality, he's going to be a contender for the Calder. Yeah, he's got an excellent chance. I mean, he's. I think he'll be in the in the conversation, but I am going to be worried about the amount of playing time. Wierenski was a different situation. I don't think Tortorella had a choice. Right. But on defense, he needed someone to step up, and they did. On offense, that's a whole different thing. He's got players. So yeah, so but I think they. I think they do need offense. I mean, they do. But you know, this is Tortorella. He he would play Stu Bickle over somebody who was better offensively because Stu Bickle did exactly what he wanted him to do, right? I mean, so that's – I mean, remember, they're going to be heavily dependent on guys like Wenberg and yes. you know a lot of their younger players to pick up the slack for a guy like Hartnell who's gone yeah. now. But and yeah, we'll it's, it's a good it's, choice, though. It is. Yeah. Um, Clayton Keller, I mean, if he's not the top-line center on that team, top power play, top everything, I think something will be wrong. So I think he's going to have so much opportunity. And just just the fact of and, – and the fact that Tippett isn't there is a plus for him because he is a guy that does need to find that open ice 
and can't always worry about being playing back defensively. You let him do his thing, he'll get points, man. The only thing I'm worried about in that situation is, okay, do they make Keller the number one center, or do they make the bigger body in Dylan Strom the number one center? No, you got to make Keller. I think. I, mean, I, I, Keller, I agree. I agree, but I think there might be Keller's better on faceoffs than Dylan Strom. That's the but, funny thing. Doesn't matter about the size. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I think you're right, but I think that, you know, and I, I've heard stuff about Arizona might be souring on Dylan Strome, but I think they're still going to give him enough of an opportunity that it'll, yeah. at, at least at the, at the beginning of the year, if they're both there, it will take away from Keller's opportunities to score because they're going to put uh, Strome in offensive situations. At, at, yeah, but you know what? Well. Strome's offensive situations are different than Keller's. Keller's come out of nowhere sometimes. Sometimes Keller's come out of like just getting the puck and taking it up the ice yourself because you see a seam right. and then all of a sudden you either dish to your teammate or you go right into the net and you make your own scoring chance. He does that. Strom doesn't have that ability. I mean, Strom, Strom could be playing with Met with Domi or Duclair. Sure. You know, I mean, we we don't know who, what the line the line mates will be in Arizona. I mean, they've got some talent on the wings. It's they a question do. of. Who gets lined up with who, yeah. and who gets the majority of the power play time? Maybe they're both on the power play, but I yeah. I have a feeling that you know just like some of the rookies. I mean, Nylander and Marner sort of, uh, you know, they, they both had good years, but they sort of, you know, knocked each other out of contention, and then Matthews rose way above them. So mm -hmm. even if even if they were contenders for the Calder, I think there was you know per team there was a limit of one or maybe two. Yeah, and they sort of eliminated each other. Now, okay. Um, so I said to Brinkett, I said Dubois, uh, I will go Braden Point of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He did not okay. play enough games to uh, to not qualify as a rookie, and you know he will be in a nice situation being the number three center on Tampa behind Stamkos and behind Tyler Johnson, which means a matchup problem for a lot of teams. And you can score 55 to 60 points as a third-line center if, 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 the, if, the, if the ice time is divvied up, and I'm sure John Cooper will. And he seems to be a John Cooper player. So I think there's a good chance Braden Point's going to have a really breakout year for Tampa Bay. I think he'll have a good year. I don't know if he'll have like that big of a year. I'm still not completely sold on his offense, but I like – I like the guy. I like his all-around play. I like his determination. If he plays third line, I don't think he's going to be in the conversation. But he is going to be there, and he is going to get some opportunity. My guy is Kyle Connor. He, he had 25 goals in the AHL last year. You can play up to, I think it's 29 games, yeah. uh, and he played 20. So he's got a little bit of an edge there. But last year, yeah, in 52 games, he had 25 goals at the AHL level. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of speed. He just needed to get a little stronger. To me, he's going to be one of the higher, one of the higher ranked guys as far as going for the Calder, unless something happens, injury, something. He doesn't make it out of camp, but but I'm expecting him to have a really nice year. Yeah. Um, my last guy is Charlie McAvoy of the Boston Bruins. That's a good um, one. He, you know, came up at the end of you know he signed his pro deal, played in the playoffs. Did not look out of place whatsoever. He's going to get a ton of opportunity with a aging Zidane Chara in Boston. I think you know McAvoy is basically going to take over. Um, he he they had basically had had Brandon Carlo playing with Chara 
a lot last year, and Chara was the defensive guy to protect the rookie. I think it's going to end up being McAvoy playing with Chara, and that's going to help out McAvoy, free him up to be more offensive. I mean, he's already got great offensive instincts. I, I, I think he's got a really big opportunity there because – you know, Tory Krug is their main offensive guy, but, you know, McAvoy could be on their power play. He could be the other point guy in the power play, depending on how they structure it. I think yeah. he's got an opportunity to, to load up some points. There is that opportunity. I kind of wonder if they're going to go conservative like they did with Carlo the first year, even yeah. though he's a better offensive player than Carlo, clearly. But <clears throat> they still might based on his age. We'll see. He'll definitely be playing. So, I mean, we know that. That's a, that's a lot. Um, I've got two others that you didn't have. I, okay. I, I go with Nico Heeshear because – we looked at it. Odds are, when you get drafted first, you're playing. But right. that's just it. We, the last guy who hasn't played, it's been a lot of years. Well, would we say 2007? No, um, I thought it was Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but he did play. It was Chris Phillips was the last. Chris guy. Phillips, 2000. Yeah. yeah. Or is he 99? 90. Yeah, it was in the 90s. 99, 98, something like that. So Chris 90s. Phillips. That's a long time ago. He's yeah. long retired. He's in his easy chair. You know, so we haven't we haven't heard about Chris Phillips in a while. And so he sure will get that opportunity. He'll probably play with Taylor Hall. There's going to be a really good chance for him. And, he, and he's the kind of guy that plays well with great players. I, I don't think he had great players when I saw him in the World Junior. So I think there is a level he could get to even at this young age with some great players moving him along and, and great, just, you know, great veterans, I should say, because mm -hmm. these guys aren't superstars on the Devils, but they're really talented. And so I think I think that'll help his game. Thomas Shabbat is a strictly offensive defenseman who plays really good defense. But yeah. this is a guy who's just immensely talented offensively, skating-wise and otherwise. Ottawa could definitely use him to, to step up and make the team. He got this close last year. Pierre Dorian told me at a camp it was like the toughest decision for him because I, I think he, he played nine, I think I think he played nine games. I think he did. Yeah. So And it was a tough decision sending him back, is what I meant. Right. But he but, did make it out of camp, and and so but that was a tough decision because he was so close. I think this year he'll be that guy. Well, he's going to get the opportunity now that Mathot left or Mathot was exposed. A big opportunity for him. Like he could literally – he could have a 50-point season. Well, okay, let's just say this. He's going to have to play with somebody who has a defense-first mentality. He cannot play play with Eric Carlson because – No, he you know, can play with CeCe, though, and that would be fine. Yeah, no, and right, which puts which puts Dion Phaneuf with uh, with Carlson. So yeah, I'm not sure how popular that'll be in in Ottawa. Um, one one I'd one I'd say is an honorable mention for me is Sergachev with the, with the with the Lightning. Yeah, that's a good I don't one. know if he, I don't know if he'll score enough points, but I think he's a good he's enough. capable, but he may not get the opportunity there because unless he's on the power play, it's going to be going to be kind of tough. Right, he's probably going to end up being a second pairing guy. The number one power play will always be Victor Hedman and Strawman. But that team, I, I think, is going to score a ton of points. That if he is a really good uh, two way defenseman and you know hits a lot, you know, if, if he if he reaches sort of Ekblad level offense yeah. in his rookie year, as as Ekblad did in twenty in twenty fourteen fifteen. I think there's a chance he could he could contend. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a stretch because he'd have to put up really big numbers. And he's a good offensive player. I don't know how great of an offensive player he is, but I, I think there's an opportunity. No, it's good. He's got a lot of offensive talent and a big shot. You know, I don't foresee any goalies being in this list. This is a year where I don't think there's going to be a goalie that breaks in and could stay on the list. Like Murray was just 
you know, sort of the way it, it hashed out for him that he was in contention. I don't think there'll be a goalie in contention this year. Nobody that I could tell you right now. Now, if there were some major injuries in Calgary, could John Gillies possibly step in? Sure. But but there's very few guys like that that are could step in this year and really get in the uh, in the race. Yeah. Okay. Um, as I said, abbreviated show today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, Eck has updated the rumor list, and you can take a look at that. We'll discuss that more tomorrow, and I'm sure there'll be more news about this Olympic uh, – chatter because we're in the middle of july so anything that is coming up you know people are going to expound on this especially this because i i honestly i think well they know it annoys you so it'll be on your timeline it will i mean this is like you know this is they're going to be like mike tune into the olympic channel on nbc it just started up they're waiting for you there you go i gotta get that i gotta get that extra channel on my cable package thank you very much for russ cohen i'm michael agello thanks for watching and remember without the buzz it's just hockey. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.